Stop being afraid of everything. Stop being afraid of everything. It's incredible when you really look around and you travel around just how much fear is in control of people's lives. It's everywhere. And you don't really think about it because it's so much a part of modern society, this idea that we have to be constantly on edge about something or constantly worried about something. Everywhere you look, there are cautionary messages. There are warning signs. There are, uh, you know, be safe guides. Everywhere you look, there's just some sort of thing to remind you not to step in this direction, cross over this line, not get too close to the tr metro train station. Don't step over this line here when you cross the street. Look both ways. And, you know, it's no wonder that with all that, that so many people, especially young people and even old ones, are growing up with this heightened sense of neurosis about everything, about literally, literally everything. You know, I remember years ago, many years ago, when I was visiting frequently Japan, and you would go for rides on the subways, and there would always be these recorded female voices, you know, watch out for the, the closing doors. Be careful once you get off the train. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. You know, and after a while, this subliminal maternal cautionary fear about everything seeps its way into our subconscious, I think. And all of this just really only exploded, um, you know, I would say in the past 10 years now where everybody has to be afraid of something. You need to have warning signs on things, trigger warnings on this, cautionary warnings on that. Um, you know, wearing a mask, you know, that, that was the worst thing. That whole, the whole COVID uh, debacle was on a whole other level of insanity. We don't really need to revisit that because we all know what that was about. That was a, a, a scam to um, you know, exert more power and control over society using a pretext, this, this um, you know, this, uh, this, this uh, virus. Uh, so we all know what that was. But even without that, we were already heading in, in this direction of hyper, hyper worry, hyper caution, hyper this. Don't do this. Don't do that. I mean, you've got kids now that are so insulated and so protected. You feel like if you touch them, like if you literally just, you know, actually having human contact for them is some sort of scary event. And this is really uh, disturbing in some ways because how are you ever going to have an army or a military with people that are just such soft wusses? Everybody's a wuss. Everybody's a, a, a wuss, you know. And and you're you're they're going to be less inclined to take risks over things. People are going to be less inclined to to make those adventurous big moves that you need to do in life if you ever want to get anywhere. And no one is going to want to do anything. So we're, we're turning into this society, or we have already turned into a society of what I call the professional chicken shit. The professional chicken shit is someone who always has a reason why he can't do something, who always has excuses, who always wants to hide under a desk, who always wants to come up with reasons why uh, he can't perform his normal functions as a man or as a woman. And 
they want to be rewarded for this behavior. And they want to persecute those who do show courage. That's the flip side to that coin, which nobody really talks about. Because, you know, you're never going to have a, a, a complete roadmap if you want to do something in life that's in any way successful or, or meaningful. No one is ever going to show you the way or have a, give you a roadmap or give you a perfect guide. You just have to get in there and do something. I mean, do you think when I started you know, my law firm, you know, with my law partner, that I had a roadmap and I knew what I was going to do and I made a business plan and I sat down and, okay, what are we going to do? No, you just have to dive in and, and do it. I mean, do you think when I first started writing books, publishing books, translating books, that I sat down and analyzed the cost-benefit analysis? And No. I had faith. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that what I could do would be better than what anybody else could do. I believed in my product. I believed in what I could do. And I knew it was going to be successful because I knew that I could do it better than anybody else. And this is the type of thinking that you have to have going into the unknown. If you look upon the world as a scary, frightening place, if you look upon the world as this just omnivorous monster that's out there to get you and is going to keep you down and is going to permanently emasculate you, then you're never going to do anything. You're never going to be able to do anything. And this is what I think this ethic that we're breeding there because it's the questions that you get. These guys contact you and, it's, and, and the questions are like, what do I do when this happens and that happens? How do I maintain my focus? And, how do I, and you know, the best and only answer you can really give these guys is you've just got to keep going. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep crunching. You've got to keep blasting. You've got to keep swinging the machete. There isn't any other answer. And yet no one has really ever told them that. I mean, do you guys get this? Are you getting this? You know, there's a famous, um, some famous lines from Shakespeare's William, uh, from Shakespeare's uh, Julius Caesar. And this is in, I actually looked it up. Uh, the, I remembered it, but I just had to look up the exact location. It's in Act 2, Scene 2. And you may have heard this. Caesar says, Cowards die many times before their deaths. The valiant never taste of death but once. Of all the wonders that I yet have heard, it seems to be most strange that men should fear, seeing that death, a necessary end, will come when it will come. Now, what that means, and that's been shortened in, in uh, some quotations, is uh, the cowards die a thousand deaths. Well, what, that, what does that mean? Well, what do you think it means? What it means is that this constant worrying about things and, and, and cogitating about dangers and imaginary dangers and fears means you're already half dead. You know, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to realize that you're old, that life has passed you by, that you never had the balls to go out and stake your own claim in the world because you were afraid about everything. And yeah, it may not something may not work out, but so what? Who gives a shit? What difference does it make? What's the worst? What is the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to lose some money. You know, you may have to file a bankruptcy. Ooh, it's so awful. You know, and you yet yeah, you look back in time and you see what 
our forefathers who came to this country, what they did and how they had to play things by the seat of their pants most of the time and things worked out for them. This is what it takes. This is what it takes. So don't play to your fears. Don't play to your fears. Don't stoke your fears. Don't take counsel of your fears. And I forget who said this. And along these lines are, you know, if you get a bunch of brave men together, individually, you can get, you can get the bravest men individually, one-on-one. -on -one, and yet when you put them together as a group sitting around a table, all you're going to get are excuses and fears and worries. Why is that? Why is it that when we're with a group, we tend to just play off each other's fears? You know, sometimes you, you just have to turn your back on the group. You have to go it alone. You have to get away from the nerds, stop listening to what some dunce or pudwack says on Twitter, and get out there and just do it. And that's what I think really should be the, the lesson of this podcast is stop being afraid, grab a hold of your scrotum, get out there and make it happen. All right, that's all for tonight. We'll talk soon.